Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we are serving up roasted razor crisps. I'm oh. Matt. Today I'm joined by someone that loves to blow stuff up and also meditates, Nick. So with the razor crisps, do you have to watch out for metal shavings like while you're eating? You know, like they're so fried, fried it's just melted goo. It's melted. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you eat the, you know, like the fried like cheese. You know, when you're making a grilled cheese and there's like those little crisps afterwards. Yeah, that, that actually makes me like sometimes. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. Because I make. I don't. I love making grilled cheeses. Everybody does. It's a great. It's classic. But you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you put the cheese and just overlaps a little bit over the bread, and then it melts, and then it comes down and hits the skillet, like you automatically hear the cheese kind of like on the, <laughs> and like to me, it's like no, I don't want to waste the cheese. You know, like every little morsel I want. You know. But, well, I was thinking of stone oven force fired pizzas, you know, but you know why not? Why not go with the the you know the razor crisps? So. <laughs> Um, so today we're talking about the Mandalorian, all things spoiler for, uh, is this chapter 14, the tragedy. the tragedy and boy, I am so glad that I did not get spoiled on that title. Yeah. Like, well, I kept wondering what the tragedy could be. Cause like, even with the outcome, even though it's disappointing for a Mandalorian, that's not really a tragedy. I mean, baby Yoda dying, that's a tragedy, but the razor crash being blown to little bitty itty bitty bits. Now that's you can, tragedy. You can see it melting, like as it's explosions coming to you. You can see like the like how like the metal is just melted goo flying at you, like in that that shot, that explosion shot. Um, I assume that the the kidnapping is the tragedy because like, but yes, razor. I don't know. Maybe it's a tie. But uh, the the tragedy though, once I saw that, I think I think my kids and I were like, oh no not baby Yoda. Like we, we both were kind of like anticipating. Well, it made total sense. I mean, if something was going to happen like this, it was going to be in this episode, which I had thought, you know, but my original <laughs> thought, like I had said, you know, a few episodes back, so I thought it was going to be Boba Fett that did it. It made, mm-hmm. it made sense to me of like, Oh, he's a bounty hunter. He probably wants his armor back. And you know, he'll yeah. track, he'll track him down. He'll steal the kid. Cause I mean, there's still going to be money on the kid's head. So it made total sense. But right. I mean, I like, I was pleasantly surprised with this one. Uh, even though that I was like anticipating certain beats happening. Um, so in my mind, I had written this where the, the season was going to end with, with somehow Grogu on top of the, the, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, seeing stone calling out with the force. He's kidnapped somehow. I, I actually described almost part of this plot to my, to my brother um, as we, you know, catch up. And, and I felt like, there would be a Jedi that would come that would show up and basically be like, Hey, I'll help you find him or whatever. And then that's how season two would end. Yeah. But now with this happening where it does now, I'm like, okay, there's going to be a rescue mission. They're mm-hmm. clearly going to get baby, baby Yoda back. And maybe. then the Jedi will show up. Well, I don't know if they, I don't even think a Jedi will show up because it depends on mm. who they cast, you know, for mm-hmm. if they even get one. Because I think the last shot we see probably will be a Jedi, but I think it will just be the back of the robe, you oh. know, like of the brown robe. Like you'll mm-hmm. see like a flicker, like, you know, like he, that he got, he felt something in the force. Mm-hmm. So you know that the message was received, but mm-hmm. you won't get any kind of indication of like what Jedi it is. This is the big thing that's driving a lot of fans and fan theories um, right now on the on the interwebs is like the the who who will be the Jedi that shows up. So um, a lot of you know a lot of people speculating on Luke, 
which I feel like we would have heard casting Luke rumors. I feel at this. Well, point. I think we already have. You know, um, we have, but but it, nothing's. It's all been speculative but, based on fans, right? Like I don't, I don't think there's well, any. But that's what it was. That's what it was this time last year too. I mean, I did bring this up with Ralph. So for everyone out there, I was a guest on Ralph, our friend Ralph's podcast as well. This is at the very end of the podcast. Wait, wait, wait! You're on another podcast? Just, just a one episode thing, baby, baby. It was just one episode. It was just one episode. (laughs) That's what you said last year. Um, Is that because I remember? Like, so right now they're probably writing or at least close to finishing. Mandalorian season three, they're writing right now, and right. they'll probably go into production sometime February, March of next year. You know, get it shot. But I remember at roughly this time last year, everyone, all the, the rumors going around, like Rosario Dawson is campaigning to be Ahsoka Tano, and you know, I remember like me kind of being wishy washy about, it. I was like, ah, do you want a live version of Ahsoka? Like, could she pull it off? Like, I was, mm-hmm. and I think that it's actually a wise decision. I don't know who's making these decisions, but if they're going to go the same route, it's because it lets the fan base kind of get this in their head for a full year to say like, oh, okay, Rosario Dawson, I'm warming up to the idea. And then when you actually see her, it's already six months behind us that it's been shot. You yeah, know, what she's doing. Yeah. And so right now the rumor is, you know, is that Sebastian Stan that could be playing mm-hmm. a young Luke. And from the images, you're kind of like, I could see it. You know, yeah. I don't know if he could capture the character, but I'm not opposed to it. Um, I, I'm really pro them. You know, I know Chris was on here a couple, like maybe it was last week and he was very anti, um, the recasting of, of, of Luke, but I'm like, no, rip this bandaid off. Like you, you have to get a, somebody else to play Luke, at least mm -hmm. in this middle age era of Luke. And I say they do it for the, the, the main original trilogy heroes. Like I, I kind of want them to just say like, okay, this is going to be our Leia. This is going to be our Han. And, you know, because I feel like, and, and maybe you don't even have to cast Han at this point, but, um, but I feel like dancing around Luke and Leia, like the two biggest, largest influencers in the galaxy for an entire show. Um, you know, it just seems, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want them to like, oh, we have to go all the way around this character in order to make this believable. I'd rather them just be like, no, like this is who it is. This is who we're casting for it. And we're moving, moving forward. They've, they've won Star Wars fans over with this show, both mm-hmm. young, new, old, fresh, you know? So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, you know, just I, I'm my faith is in, in the producers of the show at this point to make this happen. And and I just don't, you know, I don't want it to become the, the Luke and Mando show. But if if the Mandalorian is going to continue to, you know, traverse the galaxy, like meeting all of these different people as if he was Forrest Gump, then by all means, like, l- let's let's see him, you know, at least interact with with these characters on on some level i mean even getting a hologram of leia you know giving galactic news or information about something big that's happened like that would be great you know mm-hmm. like we we know that at some point rumors come out and and she's exposed as being the daughter of of darth vader like it would be cool to kind of see that play out in the background like things that that have been brought up in books and you know, um, they're, they're, they are clearly not shying away from anything that's been in Legends at this point. 
which is great. Um, and they're also like incorporating all of the stuff that's current canon. So, you know, um, anyway, those are my thoughts about that. Yeah. You wonder if he could do it though, uh, more than just a couple of cameos. Cause he does have, you know, the, the Falcon and, uh, the winter soldiers, their, their show on Disney plus. Right. Right. I mean, I know that's only like a certain few months that they'll shoot that and he could probably mm-hmm. fit in other places, but for an actual series, I mean, I, I think a cameo would be fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't want I don't want Luke to overshadow Grogu or you know. Yeah, I don't either. Like no. so, but I feel like you know, just as as Ahsoka came in on that episode, and when we all kind of understood, like, well, she's got her own adventure. She's mm. she's doing her own thing. Like, let her do her own thing. So, right. um, so what was your initial reaction to this episode? I was pleasantly surprised. I really was because I thought. Last episode was going to be the peak of the season with Floney mm-hmm. writing and directing. Uh, I knew we were going to probably get Ahsoka in that episode. And I thought, you know, okay, we'll have two downer episodes and then a, a nice finish. And so I really went into this episode thinking, oh, it'll just be like some random thing that happens. And I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was a short episode and mostly action, but it was good. Every bit about it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I liked, uh, you know, just all the little humor. I even liked the little humor in it. You know, like, oh, okay, we got to fly with the windows down, kid. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, it's like a lot of just good little things in it. And you saw a lot of nice little Easter eggs, you know, uh, placed here and there that were good. Um, I, the way I described it, because, uh, you know, I, my brother and I, um, you know, we we text back and forth and talk about the show, as, as I've told you. Um, and and it dawned on me, you know, like, like with this episode, um, there, my 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 brother is a huge Boba Fett fan, just huge Boba Fett fan, and I encouraged him to to watch this season from the get go. Uh, as with this episode, I, I texted him that morning, "Watch this episode. It's only thirty minutes, but it will feel like an hour." Yeah. And of course, he crammed watching it in twice before he had to go to work, you know. And he was just like, "Thanks, you know, like this is awesome, you know." And I, I he he said the. Uh, to to not be so crude, but he said something like about having like a a Star Wars boner, <laughs> right? If that's possible, um, to bring it back to the family side of things, you know what's what's really cool though um, is you know we're watching this episode. I'm watching it with my kids, and they're like, "Oh, Uncle Kyle's gonna love this," you know. Mm. Just as my brother also was just like, "Oh, I bet." I bet Maggie really liked, you know, that, that episode with Ahsoka, the way that this show is working and firing on all engines, I feel like it, it's pulling in all of these star Wars fans where it's like, it is a family thing. Like, okay, yeah, this episode wasn't for you, but the next one will be, or this one's for you, or this one has like a little something. So it's, it's cool how it's pulling those elements together where it's like, yeah, we're a star Wars family. And we're all like excited about these different, these different aspects um, and I, I too pleasantly surprised Boba Fett being one of those characters that, you know, like how, how can you get, get past him? He's, he's like, has a huge presence mm-hmm. and it was amazing what they did with a character who has had so little screen time in the original trilogy heralded as a God amongst, <laughs> <laughs> amongst some fans. And in, and in this episode, we actually got to see why he was so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things like we've already talked about, especially in the first episode, how 
from the original trilogy, there were such limitations to what could be shown and done in a practical sense. And so we saw the rocket get fired, you know, the first episode. We saw the the, the aiming, the targeting system coming down mm-hmm. from the helmet. We saw so many cool things. And in this episode, we got to see actually Boba Fett use these things again. And not only did we get to see him use those things, we got to see him use the most obscure thing that was put on the toy that we yeah. never thought would ever use. Which the, is the, knee, the knee, no, that, not the, oh, yeah, the knee oh, rockets. Yeah. The knee, the knee rockets, rockets were so such the weirdest thing that you're like, what the hell you got knee rockets for? And, we, yeah. and they actually, I mean, talk about you know having a Star Wars boner. I mean, it's like little <laughs> things like that where you're just like, you don't ever expect something like that to yeah. ever be used you know, or seen. Mm-hmm. And then they did. They remembered just for him just to slam his leg down and go, all right, and they fire off. I was like, it, it's a, it's really amazing. Like all of the little moments that they crafted in and, and crammed into this episode and, and, you know, hats off to Robert Rodriguez for pulling in like such an action and explosive episode, pulling it off and still having those like little beats or those moments, like you said, like the, the knee rockets, or I liked that we got to see Boba Fett fight as Boba Fett without the armor first. Mm-hmm. It was almost like this moment where he had to earn it for us True. before he got it. And, and I liked how they played his character as like, there were moments where you're like, I don't know if he's stable. Right. And, and you're like, I don't know if he's a good guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy. And you're still left kind of like, he's got the crazy in his eye, which hats off again to, to Momo uh, Morrison for like playing it that way. Like the way he plays those eye looks and like, you know, like that, that, that just intensity and that fire. <laughs> it's like, it's really great. Like if we right. see him play, you know, uh, Rex, you know, Oh yeah, how would he do it? Yeah, how would he do it, and and how that nuance would really come through? From being very serious and stern to almost being jolly go lucky kind of. Yeah, way. yeah, it would. Yeah, that'd be very different. And yeah, I'd, I'd I, welcome that. If it, yeah, I it would be really cool. And and if we don't get it this season, like it would be really. I mean, with Floney at the you know in the back, you know, being like, hey, Fav, why don't we put you know, like it? It'd be nice, even if we don't get Rex. I think it would be really cool if we see an old clone and get to see the range of what what might mm-hmm. might be between you know how Boba Fett is as a character. Since you mentioned the gaffy stick, though, I'm going to go ahead and throw out like a good meaty theory here because okay. as soon as I saw him with the gaffy stick and really fighting with the gaffy stick, I felt this was a red herring like immediately hmm. because it makes total sense. Like now that he's fighting with the gaffy stick. And what do they show? The one thing, other than the uh, the gear shifter, what did they pull from the rubble? You know, the best car staff. Right. So, are we going to see Boba Fett train the Mandalorian in how to use this staff? Hmm. This is going to be how the Mandalorian actually is going to fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, grief cargo because like or, uh, uh, sorry yeah no, uh, i know what you meant moff gideon moff yeah. gideon it's, it's because, easy to get those two yeah <laughs> because you know the best car has to be able to defend against the dark saber so it's like you he has to be trained in how to use this so it's like it makes total sense uh I, for for this to happen I, I i like that you mentioned this um in my notes here i have like just written the way boba fett looks at mando when he picks up that staff when the Mandalorian is looking through the wreckage and he picks up that staff, I, I love that. I love how he's looking because he looks at him almost with an earnest, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm projecting, but there was just this moment where, like, 
I feel like he's looking at him as an equal or as someone that's like, now that's a true Mandalorian. Like he's almost kind of like looking at him with respect or something like that. Or there's a little exchange there that, uh, that I really appreciated. Like it was just conveyed, you know? Um, so, um, I know we're, we're kind of jumping around, but I mean, there's, the, the, there's pretty much, I mean, the, the, the plot of the, the whole story is pretty, in some ways, it's it's pretty simple because it all it's takes very, place on, yeah. on one planet. Get get, and, to, get to rock, fight, kid kid kidnapped. Yeah, you know, it's like that's that's the plot. Yeah, yeah. But, but I did like uh like just say early in the episode, I liked how they continued on with this naive naiveness of the Mandalorian and yeah, and all the things he says to the kid of like you know like does this look Jedi to you? You know mm-hmm. like. Don't you want to, uh, what else did he write? Like, he oh, says, don't you want to learn these like force things or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, here's the magic rock. Like, you know, like, yeah, then like, uh, and he doesn't say quite, is there an on switch? But that's how I took it. It's like, he puts me mm-hmm. like, is, do I need to turn this thing on? You know, yeah. like, it's a rock. Come on. You know, like, it, yeah. but it just, it just things like that made me laugh of just like, cause he doesn't, he doesn't understand any of it. And or I like, he, he mentioned like, oh, that. you know, like, uh, the nice lady said that, nice you know, lady, like, right. like, like he refers to Ahsoka as that, or, or just the fact that he, like, he, he practices with the force with him, you know, and um, yeah, it, it, I think it's building up a little bit more of that emotion, which, um, you know, I don't think it was really conveyed in the episode with Ahsoka where he was getting Grogu ready to give him up. Mm -hmm. I understood that a little bit more the second time. And maybe, maybe the music swells, like can kind of, you know, give you that little indication, but there is a little bit of the man, the Mandalorian, who's kind of coming to terms with his emotional attachment to Grogu, and this moment of, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take you to where you need to go, but along the way, of course, I'm going to fall in love with you as, as my own <laughs> child. You know, I mean, that's what's happening. You know, right. even even Ahsoka notices it um, that it's mutual. So, you know, I'm. I realize that at some point, and I don't know what character is going to say it, you know, but it's just like, oh, you know, like you, you two make a good team, you know, like you are the family, you know, whatever that moment is. But I mean, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like that, that, yeah, the show is these two. Like, it is how, these two. How, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't see them. I mean, I, I can't see the Mandalorian going past like four seasons, really. Mm-hmm. But that's what I say. I mean, it is. It's the wolf and the cub, and I can't see them ever really splitting him up. You know, and it's the same as like with the armor, you know, giving him the mud horn as his sigil. It's like, yeah. you know, there's a bond here between the two. You know, like you need one another in order to really be successful. And I mean, there might be a, a season where they're apart for a few episodes, but I think mm-hmm. in the end, they'll they'll still come back together. Yeah. I like that moment where he says, like, you know, they've been hitting us over the head with it, like the, um, the, 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 the Star Wars cuss word. But he was like, "Dang, fair," you know, like, yeah. yeah, he's like, you know, and I actually kind of liked how the delivery with this one because he was just like, "Oh man, like, yeah, you're right." And then, then Baby Yoda echoes it, like, you know, and and he's like, "No, no, no, I'm not mad." Like, um, so yeah, I like that little kind of opener where we're getting a little bit of that conversation. When they come into Tython, and um, you know, I know, I know you're familiar with with Tython from the Dawn of the Jedi series. It's something that, like, I, I think you've read that yeah. book. Um, I didn't and, read. I didn't read the actual book with the brother and sister. I read the the comic book series. The comic book, yes. Yeah. And I think I've read parts of the comic book sh- series, but I've read the book. 
Mm-hmm. So, so we kind of like fill in the, the gaps there, but Tython um, has existed in Jedi lore for a long time. There's two moons, a light side and a dark side. We didn't see those from space, oddly enough, right. that they didn't, they didn't decide to put those in there. Um, but uh, I, I think in my mind, in your mind, you were probably thinking, especially since you'd saw the comic book, you're expecting to see one of those Jedi structures from the comic book. And so when we see the, the, the rock outcropping, I was like, Oh, it's like a little anticlimactic there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, it has been millennium, you know, like a long, long time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like really, there's a long period of time. Like, you know, we're talking like what dec- tens of thousands of years between like, like the time in which the early Jedi were there, I believe. Yeah, at least 40,000 like, or more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A long time. I, I want to say it was like when I was looking it up, it's, it's, uh, it goes back a long ways. We'll just say yeah. <laughs> what I was thinking though, was that from that comic series and those, those Dawn of the Jedi series, I was thinking about, they had that well or that like open mm-hmm. chasm that went to the core of the earth, if I remember right. correctly. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that in terms of that temple and the fact that it's got this ball sitting on top of it. And mm-hmm. if that's an old well, if that's an old, you know, shoot that goes towards the the center of this planet. You're basically sitting on top of that, like tapping into that planet's energy. Mm -hmm. And and that it's almost kind of like it's a lighthouse, you know, using the, the planet's energy to kind of like project through the, the whatever Jedi is sitting there. That's kind of how I took it to, to mean. And and I'm only like kind of connecting the dots from what I'd seen in the, the, uh, the comics and the, the book. Could be. I mean, those are no longer canon, sadly, but like, but uh, yeah, that's, I like where your head's at. That's an interesting thought for sure. Well, I mean, if it's an old place, I mean, you know, this could be in ruins, you know, those, those structures could have been put up afterwards, or maybe it was sealed at some point because the energy was too powerful. Dark Jedi's got a hold of it and tried to mm-hmm. release it or something, but they sealed it up. And that, that cork is basically what we're seeing him sit on. So that was my, my thought on it. So, um, the um, you mentioned about like the whole like you know we got to go the rest of the way with the windows down. Um, I liked this setup too because it also kind of set up what happens later. The fact that there's a little bit of separation there that they have to go up to the rock that it's not you know you can't just like sit down, park, walk out. You know, right? Well, I mean that. Go ahead. No, I just was going to say half of Star Wars wouldn't exist because like if people just landed right where they need to go, right? <laughs> like like the Adats Empire. Right. Well, I mean, and there's almost, you know, like I said, there's some foreshadowing in things, you know, it's like when they, when they finally meet up with uh, Boba Fett and, uh, and Ferric, uh, F- uh, Fennec? Fennec, yeah, Fennec, you know, like he tells him to take off the jetpack, you know, yeah. and this is such a foreshadowing. It's like, cause if he hadn't taken it off, he could have easily, mm-hmm. it just launched back up to the top of the hill, you know, it, and he gets spooked once he sees the Imperial shuttle coming down, he should have just grabbed it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he had that remote control thing. We'd seen him use the remote control of the jetpack. Like, why didn't he use that? Like, there's certain things that you're like, oh, man, like, you're not thinking, you know, you weren't, you know, he's a little bit caught off guard. Um, when he puts Baby Yoda on that that block, there is a blue butterfly that, that appears. Um, I, I know it's an odd thing to pull. No, I mean I like that you where your thoughts are going because I I kept thinking had we seen a butterfly before and I thought we had at some point like 
It might not have, or maybe I'm thinking of some other other episode or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it in because I know you've seen you've read the comic book, but there's the Vader comic book in which Anakin Skywalker, well, as Vader, Darth Vader is meditating. So Darth Vader is meditating, and you see a comic sequence in which he's basically like suitless. He's just mm-hmm. a form meditating, and you know, and there's all of this like weird writing and whatever, and these electric blue butterflies come to him everything's like red and black black. and he's like in pain and whatever, but these blue butterflies come to him and it's basically a symbol of the light side of the force coming to Anakin in that moment. Hmm. Um, And so, and then this, this moment, obviously like, you know, Grogu is, you know, connecting with the light side of the force, touching the butterflies, these blue butterflies. So that was kind of a, like, it's a very deep kind of cut there, but um, you know, I was like, Oh, let's, you know, there's something there. So, you know, whether they intended to or not, it works. So. Yeah. I, mean, I like, I thought it was an interesting little touch there, you know, like, mm-hmm. did it make him feel at ease? You know, cause you wonder if it hadn't shown up, what he just was, what he just sat there looking at Mando kind of going, like, you know, yeah. and then, but that butterfly made him kind of be distracted enough to where he felt calm, you know, and then, and like I said, the light side of the force, like the light right. side of the force coming to him, kind of, you know, allowing him to relax and connect. And when you see uh, Grogu go into meditation, he's, he's, he's oh, doing that. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah exactly. the, the, the finger touching the, the thumb um, in a circle. And uh, I just like that little subtle touch, you know, so. True, true Zen mode. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there's also another like aspect to this, which they did a, a really nice job with the audio. Every time the Mandalorian is talking to Grogu and Grogu is in that meditative state with that force shield kind of around him, they do this sound effect where the voice sounds different. So as he's talking to him, like, like you know, it's just a little distorted, mm-hmm. but you're hearing it from Grogu's per point of view. Like, how oh, good, we're going to get Grogu, you know, like. Right, right. That, that uh, little, you know, distortion so um little things you know nice though it it uh um so yeah um baby yoda's up there reaches out becomes a a beacon for um a a lighthouse boba (laughs) fett shows up shows up or we see slave one um yeah this was this was one of those things i was really happy that i saw slave one but it's also one of those reasoning in my head went wait a minute wait a minute here he crawls out of the, sa- the sa- Sarlacc pit, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming at this point, probably from just near death, and maybe he's just laying in the desert, that the, the Jawas steal his armor. But yet Correct. somehow, mm-hmm. Slave One has just been chilling in a parking lot somewhere this whole time. <laughs> you know, okay, so um, this this brings up probably the biggest... Like the biggest, like what happened to Boba Fett in that period of time? We still don't know that timeline. Right. And I'm with you on the Jawas steal his armor off of his body. He's laying there in the desert, unconscious, half dead from somehow getting out of the Sarlacc. We don't know how. Um, Jawas steal his armor. He's left for dead. Sand, Tuscan Raiders come by, see him in the sand. They save him. Mm-hmm. That's why he's familiar with a gaffy stick. He spends the next three years, let's say, with the Tuscan Raiders, not really knowing who he is. Okay. 
a little bit of amnesia there, not knowing who he is, where he came from. You know, he's in that Sarlacc pit for a while. Right. Like I'm, I'm thinking he's got some Sarlacc, you know, time in, in there. You know, it wasn't just like, boom, fell in, got right back out. Um. All right. So now he's with the Tuscan Raiders. Perhaps he, he, he. So this is where it doesn't quite add up, because the way I had understood it is that he was with the Tuscan Raiders. He actually like sees the armor being worn by um it brings it yeah, it jogs the memory and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, that's that's me. That's the... but it doesn't make sense as to why he would save um Fennec. Well, I mean, maybe he just you know, he, like kind of we've talked we've talked about life debts before. Maybe he really does have a new look outlook on life because mm-hmm. you know, his life was saved and he was taught because like it's kind of like we've said like the Sand People slash Tuscan Raiders are the Native Americans of yeah. Tatooine, so maybe he learned like a more of a respect for life type thing, you know, or mm-hmm. and so he's kind of seen his his way. So if he can save a life, he will, you know, like he owes that because someone saved his life, so now he's going to save this life. Perhaps it just the 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 saving of her. I I mean I guess that works, but then uh, okay. He saves her, but then when does he see the armor? When does he get his memory jogged? Right. Well, that's, if he you know. if he does know who he is, why wouldn't he go to Slave? So, so this is my other thought. He's got Slave One in the Slave One. He's got basically a tracker on his suit. Right. Okay. So that adds up. So if he can get to Slave One, he can track his suit. Why wouldn't he just go and and get it? Okay. Now, you're, now you're just making my thoughts. The gears turn even more. See. That's, yeah. the thing, that's the thing, because most likely Slave One was parked at Jabba's palace. You know? Correct. And so it's yep. like, has it just been chilling yep. there for seven years or five Sorry. years? You know, it's something like, I mean, we know Jabba's dead. So, I mean, did they just desert the palace? And it's just yeah, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't Jawas strip it? I mean, Jawas can strip a razor crest and nothing flat, right? right? Like, why would they strip the Slave One? Unless it's got like, like electrified, like shock, you know, like, you know, like, like. One heck of a car alarm. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, he's got a really sweet tape deck in there. It's going to be, this would be space balls too. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Yeah. Some weird alarm system on the. <laughs> I my, my brain goes in different places. I'm thinking of uh, the big Lebowski and how the cops are like, yeah, you're never going to see that credence again. Yeah. The credence. Yeah. Or the credence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh the, the thing, going back to Finnick though, like that was another thing that got the mind just just constantly turning. Is mm-hmm. like you know when she when, one, I'm happy that she's alive. Oh I, yeah, I, that's I, something, I figured that you would be happy. That's something that you know I'd I'd spoken up at least twice about going like what a waste of a good character. Mm-hmm. Like you know there's so much potential there, and then to bring her back made me really happy to hear her voice. Like all right, of course they did spoil you spoil us though in the in the previous. Yeah, I was like ah, oh. it's like. We have we not learned anything from lost people, right? Like we're, we're like seriously, studio execs. You should have learned this from Lost. Lost fans hate the little preview kept, and this one you couldn't get past it. It was like it's the first thing you it, said. Yeah, it, it wasn't even a previously on. It was like we're going to show you this clip, and then we're going to do the previously on, yeah. and then and it's like, okay, Disney Plus, get your your skip thing. <laughs> figured out and dang get ferret. yeah dang ferret we're just <laughs> freaking frustrated so, so 
well, well, yeah. when, 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 you know, when he basically says like, you know, you were dead and then she mm-hmm. exposes her stomach. Yeah. So I have, I have two thoughts immediately. One's the practical one. Actually, they're both practical thoughts, really. Yeah. It's like, one, so she got the Darth Vader treatment, mm-hmm. but how much of her now is machine? Like, is it just her midsection? And if that's true, how do they connect her legs back again? You know, it's like all this stuff. And then I, So my only understanding there is, is that she was shot in the belly. Yeah. So that would have been the thing that would have been like, had to have been replaced. And And is Boba Fett that good of a medic? I don't know. I mean, I'm not like... I'm I'm in for a penny in for a pound with this Boba Fett hooking up with Fennec, you know, Shand, Shand. I can't pronounce her yeah, last name. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the pairing of them. Like oh, this yeah. is a cool duo, you know. And for everybody that thought that it was that it was Boba Fett before, and if I was the one that was basically like, no, that's too easy. Well, guess it's, what? It's, it's the Spurs, man. The Spurs is what gave it away. The, this show is just like straight up. This is what you get. There's no. Now I will say that I still feel like they can they can do a little bit of twist with with Boba Fett still. Oh no! I, I when going back and I was thinking about this because I was like, how did he find them so quickly? Yeah, that was the uh, the because I had written that down in my first viewing. It was mm-hmm. like you know, uh, how did Boba Fett find him? You know, like you're like, how did he track him? How did he get in there? And then you know, he says that's the first thing you hear is like, I've been tracking, I've been tracking you for, you. for a while, Mandalorian. And you're like, how? Like, yeah. how? Right. So we get that there's a tracker on the Razor Crest. Yeah. But you didn't put it there. So it's like, how did you find him? Yeah. Um, it's kind of how like we we put a tracker in this show and it's called a commercial break. We throw it in there. And every now and then it hits. Um, okay, so my immediate thought was, okay, he's working for the Empire. This is a whole total, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back double cross. But he legitimately is like, they're back. Like, he's yeah. a bit freaked out. Like, I take it for, he's a man of his word now in my book. Right. He's protecting Grogu. So, you know, like, they took a character who, if you hated him before, you liked him because he was like fighting for Grogu. So like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like the stormtrooper uh, that, that actually like stuns baby Yoda and puts him to sleep at the very end, mm-hmm. we just better hope that that person was not played by like Jason Sudeikis, you know, <laughs> or, or somebody else famous because I seriously was like wanted to punch that stormtrooper. Just, all of the stormtroopers that I stun gun, he's fine. I, 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 I actually, you know, I have more sympathy for him than the guy who put him in shackles. Oh, because see, baby Yoda and those little handcuffs is like, man, that's just mean. <laughs> you know? My my thought was, is where do they get baby handcuffs? Exactly. Like <laughs> that's is so true. Like, Look. So there's only a couple creatures that would fit this building. Like we've got Babu Freak. Yeah. Um, maybe Yoda, maybe an Ognot, like a maybe, child Ognot, yeah. I guess. A Jawa, like when did they break out that size? They're like, Well, we got the small, the extra small, and the extra, extra small. Like, you know, I'm just thinking of the guy who was commissioned to make them. Like, yeah, no kidding. Like, what you want, like these little bitty, like, what are you locking up? This, this small that requires it, you know, like, he, he quit the empire and was executed shortly after that, probably. Um, 
Okay, well, so we're getting sidetracked about like all of the stormtrooper action, but um, well, I, did, I did want to say the second point about Finnick. Um, yeah, yeah. So the other thing was that after she exposes her stomach, mm-hmm. which makes sense, she's showing her how she, she's showing him how she survived. Yeah. The other thought was like, who would make a garment like that? Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm sitting like, wait, you can just expose all of your internals like that? It's like you're doing a lot of jumping around and, and barrels and all these things like that. It's like, you aren't, you gonna get, it, aren't you going to get dirt inside your guts now? Like, that's why you have to open it up to clean it out. She probably takes an air hose, uh-huh. you know, just goes, you know, blows out on all of the dirt. So how does she take so. a bath now? It's like, does she take like a half oil bath, half a regular bath? Like, when you get, I don't know. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> we can talk after the show about other aspects. <laughs> of just um, crazy but thoughts. I, I do... Um, I think there's a certain aspect of this, Nick, that we're missing in the fact that this is just good Star Wars. Like oh, we don't yeah. need to know how this works, but all of a sudden she's half bionic. She survived, and like this is cool, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was very, like I said, I was very happy uh, that she made it. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know uh, next couple episodes because I mean it should be pretty neat because I'm, I'm assuming you know this next episode is going to be mostly a jailbreak. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand why they really need him, other than just to bring back another character. Because oh, you mean you mean the sharpshooter? The sharpshooter. Other than like he was a ex imperial, maybe it's the only mm-hmm. imperial he knows. But it's mm-hmm. like, what mm-hmm. value can he really bring, other than you know some some little bit of knowledge? Yeah. I'm I'm feeling also slightly slighted. Because, you know, I wanted the Mithril to have some kind of Imperial access. I wanted him to be, like, the code breaker that we needed. But no, it's got to be better. You, oh, it's because you wanted to see more more years get knocked off his, his sentence. You know? <laughs> I, just, I just was anticipating that one character that he brought in on a bounty was going to, he was going to end up meeting him. I guess that was mm-hmm. my, my whole thing, you know, like as a plot, as a plot, you know, point. You know, it makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, the enemy that... You know, your enemy is now your friend kind of kind of mm. storyline. So and how is he going to get the sharpshooter to like actually even listen to him? I mean, that guy hates him. Well, you like, it, break him out of prison. So, I mean, yeah. you got to owe him something. Maybe I mean, he could be I mean, I, I'm assuming he's going to be the 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 person who dies to prove the I situation just, is serious. <laughs> I, I just don't want a jailbreak to have another jailbreak. Like how right. many jailbreaks? It's like it's like an inception, you know, mm. moment. Man. So. Look, I'm, I'm, I've liked what they've done so far. So, you know, the fact that they were able to bring Boba Fett back and I enjoyed him, um, you know, I, I trust that, I don't know, we can have two jail breaks, I guess. So <laughs> I just, I think it would be cool if they do, if they do go to a rebel prison, you know. There's well, he's doing hard labor. So, you know, he might not actually be in a prison. He could. Just uh, is be, that what it said? Let me, Did so, I miss that? Yeah, it says, uh, let me find it. Just give me one second. Uh, yeah, here we go. He's serving 50 years in the Carthon chop fields. Wow. Okay. So I assume that's a hard labor camp. Mm. Yeah. All right. I um, I don't know if we'll ever see it in this this show, but um, in the comics, uh, they they establish that there is a prison that's close to a star, basically, you know, and it's like where they keep their their high level you know, Imperial like prisoners essentially. So mm-hmm. um, it's like a rebel prison, I but I, I love the that. idea of like yeah. having this like shit. There's no, there's no direct route to it. Like you have to like, you know, do different. I think I, 
that might have been another story. But I remember reading like how it's like it's in it's in the core worlds and like you can't get to it directly. You have to like do all these very specific things to get to it. Otherwise, you'll burn up. Yeah. Well, that was something about uh, Tython is that it's a core world. Mm-hmm. So you know we've been in the outer rim, you know, for a long time. But you know if he's going to Tython, then it's a core world. It's kind of odd. You know, like, because for the most part, we're supposed to be out in the outer reaches, you know, and that the idea that he would go from way, way, way out here to like, you know, the core world, it, it, it's like, I don't know. It'd be like if, if everybody was hanging out in North America and all of these <laughs> travels and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we got to go to Madagascar. Why not? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying it is a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's it's really far away. So. Um, okay, so we get Boba Fett action, you know, I love, I love the, I don't know, they got, they got their Django Fett quote with my, my Luke quote, I love that moment. Oh, yeah. Like, how, how awesome was that? Slightly different words, but yeah, because in the movie, it's universe, and in this one, it's galaxy, but yeah, it, just a simple man making, you're making way through the galaxy. Uh, yeah, exactly, you have a Luke quote. Yeah, like like my, my like my father before me. I I thought it was a really great way to introduce Boba Fett because he's a man of few words up to this point, mm-hmm. and that was always I think it's something we talked about. Like, how are they going to do Boba Fett? Like, we don't we can't have like a long dialogue with him. It's got to be short, simple, sweet, you know. Right. And so as they were introducing him, and and those were his first couple words. I think there were a few other things that he. He said to him first, you know, the I've been tracking you, you know, are you a Jedi? Like all, all of that interaction. But um, still solid stuff yeah. dialogue wise. And I've, I've liked, you know, because I, I I know we've talked about this. That was one of my concerns with bringing Boba Fett back is mm. how in all and how they did it. Yeah. If they just want to gun guns out like he's Boba Fett, same way he was in Empire and Jedi, you know, with the armor and like, oh, I'm here to challenge you. Blah, blah, blah. I would mm. not have liked it. At all, yeah. uh, and I think this is done in a very nice and subtle way to show that he's had some history, and you know it shows a lot and, of character potential character development. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like character growth, character yeah. development. It's like it's moved beyond just this one dimensional. This is who we know Boba Fett as. Like it goes, it goes deeper than that. So hopefully, um, for those other Star Wars fans that might might also be like, man, Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, I know, I know you have your, your notes there. Um, and, and I guess it's funny because like one of my notes is knee pad rocket darts as well. Right. Uh, oh, I liked a lot of things about this whole fight sequence. Like I, I liked uh, the gaffy stick to the stormtrooper helmet, just crushing mm. it. I was like, that's so cool. You know? And of course uh, it, it, it goes back to the thought of like, why do stormtroopers even bother to wear armor? You know, it's like, <laughs> cause it seems like anything will take them down, you know? Uh, I also liked uh, uh, the Finnick, you know, with the the repeater rifle and all that, and uh, very much a Raiders of the Lost Ark. Her pushing the boulder, oh yeah, yeah, coming yeah, down, no, and, and then like and watching those stormtroopers get like destroyed as it comes down, right? And and how cool was that one shot? I mean, like I just I, I'm waiting for the fan art, but that moment where she's jumping backwards off the rock, right. shooting. Oh, I love that. I love that. This is so cool. And then she, and then she drops down and then immediately shoots again. Like it's, it's not just like a one shot thing. It's just like the whole sequence there. 
Yeah. Well, they didn't show you is that there was a pad there on the ground when she did that to land on, and then they cut, and then they Stop. put it. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. So it's a total BA. Yeah. I um, was actually, you know, because I was so looking forward to Dark Troopers mm-hmm. uh, that I was crushed a little bit when the because when the first transport shows up, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go, here we go, some Dark Troopers, some Dark Troopers. Oh, the strong troopers. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, the second yeah. transport shows up. Like, okay, now you know, we got the first wave. Now here comes the oh my god I, wave. And then oh, there's more stormtroopers. I, I was the same <laughs> way. I was kind of the same way. I was just like, here we go. This is it. Um. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. I did like the play off of the the troop transport and how we got the one. You know, he fires the rocket mm-hmm. and you know, lands and you know both. It's like a two for one. You know, it's like if we, you're. Yeah, bowling. and I like that it wasn't. Yeah, and it wasn't even a joke. Yeah, right. You're right with the bowl. Yeah, that is a good analogy. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but I like that how like it wasn't even meant to be a joke. I mean, it was a joke what he says mm-hmm. to, him, but it was true because yeah. you see in the targeting system he actually is aiming for the lower one, and then the rocket hits the upper one, and, you, and he's like, "Good shot." He's like, "I was aiming for the other one." <laughs> yeah, I get like, yeah, he was. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. And and just that shot of of Boba Fett turning as the explosions in the background, so good, yeah. so so good. I, mean, I even like the fact that like we can just accept the fact that like um, he's older, mm-hmm. he's a little bit more rounder, you know, like like the, the 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 vest doesn't quite fit him quite the same way, but whatever it works. Yeah, I don't care. Well, I mean. That's actually something I said to Ralph. Uh, I'm not sure if, while recording or not, but I really was kind of hoping, and I, maybe we'll get it. I was hoping that Jeremy Bullock would have been in this episode, like mm-hmm. just as a cameo, because oh, sure. uh, like he could have been like an imperial officer, like on the troop transport, like just like lowering the gate or something, you know, just yeah. to show you know here's the original Boba Fett, you know. Uh, I, I hope that I hope that it's a, a little bit even more like sincere, like a passing or a saving or like, hey, go this way or something like that. Like a like it could be a villager right. or, you know, a bartender, somebody that like kind of passes along and helps him. But it would be nice to, to have a little cameo. Yeah. Or even like even if have him in another set of armor, you know, with his yeah. helmet off, like when they get, you know, right. it couldn't, didn't have to be this season. It could be another season, like him just sitting around with other Mandalorians with his helmet off and like, yeah, oh, like Jeremy Bullock, you know, yeah. like. That would be that would be a nice nod too, just to know like okay he's here he was like you know yeah but um yeah so so we have all of this ground action that happens and the whole time of course the Mandalorian's trying to get uh, Grogu who is just locked in like seriously it's like when your kids are playing games and you're just like come on right we have to go now like it was so dad to, to child you know like um and then uh yeah my my kids just love the fact that he just kept getting force blast blasted back you know yeah um, i mean because so. i assume it was just pure energy you know mm-hmm. and and i probably baby yoda grogu didn't even even wasn't probably not yeah. even aware he was even there you know, no, yeah, point. he was he was just totally tapped in. Um, I'm I'm curious, and it hasn't really quite been the style of the show, except for, um, you know, except for when the Mandalorian was getting his armor, we'd see flashbacks. But I'm I'm curious, will we ever see a Grogu at the at the Jedi Temple? All of the the funny memes that came out last last week about Grogu hiding, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, here is another theory I have that. Mm-hmm. We've kind of skated around it a little bit, mm-hmm. but we. I, but this is finally like percolating to the top, because I love 
foreshadowing and things that are right in your face, but you don't see it. You and we've talked the Death Star. Yeah, not necessarily, yeah. but I think uh, Starkiller Base more is is more realistic. Oh, um, and the fact that I think you know because like Ahsoka said, you know he he remembers this, but then he's kind of lost in time for mm-hmm. a number of years. So I assume he's probably in some kind of Imperial Research Center. <laughs> And he's might even like kind of like how we saw in episode two, you saw all the plans of the Death Star there. Yeah. He might be looking at the plans for Star Circular Base, and that's why he's so fascinated with the gear shifter, is that see, it looks just like it. See, yeah. my thought was is that he was imprisoned in the Death Star and well, that could be like, too, and it looks yeah. like uh, the Death Star to him. You yeah. know. So so yeah, I mean I I'm I'm right there with you. Like that I would it would be cool if the gear shifter had this other meaning that we haven't seen yet. You know, I like the fact that at least for the two seasons now, it's a, it's a symbol of their friendship and their bond, mm-hmm. you know, but it would be interesting if it goes even deeper than that. There's, there's a whole, there's a whole car market out there that people are, you know, like <laughs> get the baby Yoda gear shifter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, if they can have blue macaroons, um, why not? Yeah, for real. For so, 50 bucks a sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. you'll mind. Well, <laughs> um, oh, there's there's another uh well, well well we kind of mentioned it, but like you know, so the dark troopers finally get launched. Yes. Uh, and they come down and they sweep up baby Yoda back up into space. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was a little bit of a little bit of a letdown because I really wanted more, but uh yeah. I'll take it. As long as you mean, as long, you mean as long with as, the dark troopers, with the dark troopers, yeah, because I, yeah. I really, I really want to see these things. In I don't want them just to go down, you yeah. Know, once they get take a blaster shot or something, mm-hmm. like, I really want them to be a, an admirable force, you know. To, yeah, you know. And I'm wondering too if they're saving the budget for them for these these last two. I mean, clearly they don't spare any expense on the show, but I'm you know just kind of wondering like, will we see them more in action? You know, like just in the next couple, couple episodes, you know, like um, I like the visual of them coming down at the angle, you know, to the temple. Um, I was a little, I don't know. Just, I was like, Oh yeah, they look okay. <laughs> Maybe I wanted more. So yeah. why well, it, was, it was very Iron Man. Maybe know? that's it. Yeah. You know, Favreau uh, can't get away from that. Right. And there was even an Iron Man line in there. If you didn't catch it. Um, oh, I didn't hear. Yeah, so basically when Boba Fett is following up into space or into the atmosphere and he says, mm-hmm. I'll do a loose follow, that's oh, an yeah. exact quote from Iron Man. Yeah, like, that's right. Anyway. Okay. I, I thought that was an odd, like even, like even when I rewatched it, I was like, that's an odd line for some reason. Yeah. Um, Boba Fett's chain code. Um, God bless Star Wars fans out there. Seriously. I saw that too. You don't even have to do the heavy lifting here. It says Boba Fett, Father Fett, Mentor, Jast, or Jaster Morrell is mentioned. So um, Jaster Morrell is someone who basically took in Django Fett okay. um, and saved Django Fett. So that is, that is kind of like why Django Fett is a foundling. And this was something that was part of Legends and part of a, a Django Fett comic book. Um, I believe the the Jaster Morel or Morel. I think it's like spelled M E R E E L. Um, others can look up more of this on w- Wikipedia if you'd like to. But um, I doubt that we're going to see any more of 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 this. But it's interesting. That's kind of laying the groundwork. If there is 
a quote unquote spinoff series. I don't know how many spinoff series we're, we're going to get, but uh, apparently they're they Disney did announce that we're supposed to find out, I think in the next couple of weeks, some of the projects and plans that they have for Marvel and star Wars coming up in the next couple of years. So mm. I think it, we're supposed to get some news, I think probably within the next couple of weeks. So that might be exciting or at least tantalizing as the Mandalorian is finishing that we're going to get these like little nuggets of like, okay, Kenobi's coming in this year. You know, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. Finally so. get episode seven, eight, nine, maybe. <laughs> um, more, more like maybe knowing a little bit more about the, uh, um, this, the mystery movie that's being made. So oh, okay. by Watiti. like, I mean, it's, Oh, right. Right. Yeah. He's written it or he has been writing it. So kind of kind of curious even if we just get a paragraph or a sentence about what it would be about that would be great mm-hmm. and um, he's, he's such a different director you know mm-hmm. and that i know it'll be good no matter what it is but he always has this comedy always mixed in with seriousness and so mm-hmm. you kind of wonder will he take it a little too far you know or will it just be perfect you know you know um, there's one other aspect, and, and I know we've talked about it probably about The Mandalorian, but I'm just loving the different directors, and we're starting to really see their their styles come through. I mean, as we look look through this season alone, like just like some of the feels that, yeah. that they – this one definitely had a Robert Rodriguez feel to it, and I liked that. It was just like it was a little grittier, like the action sequences and just like how things were shot and lined up, like – you know, I like that it's it's bending it to like feel like, oh yeah, this is Star Wars, but this is through through their vision, through their angle, and and I like that. Um, you know, I don't I don't always need it to be George Lucas vision, right. you know, and I, I like the the change up, you know, and the different flavors that yeah. we're getting. I mean, it's like you know, like sometimes you get the swipes and sometimes you don't. You know, like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, totally. So and and we can always go back to it. You can always play those beats. Um, the other little trivia that note that I had here was there's on the the ship on the um, star destroyer star destroyer but it's not a star destroyer cruiser yeah cruiser thank you uh, there's an electronic sonar sound sonar sound that is played I haven't gone back to listen to it um, but it is from Star Trek the original series oh. So okay. this is an interesting like thing because I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek nod in Star Wars, have we? I'm sure there probably has been at least one, but I can't bring. There's it to not mind. a lot. There is yeah. not a lot. Like I mean, you'd be hard pressed. It's not they don't. They are aware of each other, but it's not like it's not like the Beatles and the Stones. They're not hanging out that much. <laughs> well, they're two different completely times, two different universes. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, totally. So, but anyway, I just thought it was interesting to note though, that there was a Star Trek reference though, um, in this episode. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch it. Uh, so, and then we, uh, now that, you know, Boba Fett gets his armor back and everything else, you see the next scene, you know, the slave one, uh, goes back and meet it with Cara Dune because uh, he wants to get some information about the whereabouts of Migs Mayfield, like we've already said, you know, the sharpshooter from the uh, the prison break last season. Um, this is something, though, that after thinking about it, 
I kind of regretted the Razor Crest being blown up just for one reason. It was like, well, if you're going to go ahead and get MIGs, wouldn't it help to have Zero there as well? Because he's the smart droid, but he's mm. blown up. You know, like because right. he was he was inside the Razor Crest. You're like, wouldn't that have made sense to have Zero as well? He's also lost lost his cool, um, you know, staff, his pulse staff. That was in there too. Yeah, the right. That, yeah, that's yeah. gone. So we barely knew ye. You know, you blew up Jedi or Jedi's. You blew up Jawas, and that was it. Um, the pulse rifle. You know, yeah, the pulse rifle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wait, we get cool. to see it. Shocking. We get to he see get used one. But you know, other than that, like you know, just would have liked that to survive. Um, the uh, that scene where they're landing on um, Navarro, Navarro um, yeah. really great, and, and I know I, I, I've said this before, but really great special effects, like seeing the dust fly off mm-hmm. of like the Slave One as it lands. Like, I mean, we're just we're given these things and we don't think anything of them. But, you know, when I, when I go back and I rewatch some of those things, I'm like, oh, that looks really good. You know, like the, the level of, of special effects that they're getting. Um, we find out that um, Cara Dune has become a marshal. A marshal. So like out. in the new Republic. In the new Republic. So, yeah. She's not just a marshal on Navarro, but she is, she is a marshal in the new Republic. And she's kind of got that, like, you know, no, this is this is my job now. These stripes don't lie. She's a joiner now. But that line though, when he, he's like, I mean, you know, you know how she is. It's just like right. when he, when he says they got the kid. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, then all the rules go out the window now. Oh, Never mind. Totally. Everything, everything I just said, just forget it. Oh yeah. She she also you know sells that like just that look that she gets in her eye like. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah so. I got you. I no, I like that. No wait puts baby in a holding cell yeah uh speaking of the holding cell this is probably like the weirdest both funny and disturbing scenes right right i i really liked it you know i liked it i just was like to me it just was like i at first i thought he was making them fight like he was almost no, controlling right them. Like <laughs> he's puppets. actually yeah <laughs> like puppets yeah i was just like oh baby it was like but he's force choking. He's just yeah. He's just yeah. He's just torturing them. Well, I mean, I think I don't think he started choking them until the end. But you know, the first he's just kind of slamming them around the room, mm-hmm. you know, and like making them tired. Yeah. Then he starts choking them, which I thought was really surprising with kind of the backlash that in some of these articles. That's how you can tell on Facebook because a lot of people don't know what the hell they're talking about. How like it just shows that Baby Yoda is really prone to the dark side of the force. And it's like, dude, it's like, did you forget that Luke force choked people too? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want Baby Yoda choking people, but sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna finish that, but yes, uh, for sure. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, look, if people are are gonna be so knee jerk about this, like, then then just wait until the whole season is out and binge the whole thing. And guess what? You're not gonna find anything wrong. You're gonna move past all of those little things. Yeah. You know, that you spent all week like obsessing over. And oh, by the way, we do like our heroes to go a little dark sometimes. So mm-hmm. this gave us like probably like the, the most insight though into Moff Gideon's character because of the what he says there. Like Moff Gideon, it's almost like he's knows Grogu. Like yeah. I got the sense that like based on this conversation, like this isn't the first time that they've been together. 
Yeah, he's been around. Yeah, so you wonder like how he. It's almost like one of those uh, Rogue One type things. It's like, okay, so how did the child get away from him? You know, how mm-hmm. was the Death Star? How were the Death Star plans stolen? So yeah. it's almost like, well, how did he end up on his own? Uh, yeah, because he. I mean, just that that line that he says, like, "Oh, you get so tired when you do this," you know. Well, yeah. Well, it seemed, it was like, no, you seem to have gotten better. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't think since the last time I saw you, but yeah. he, he seems like you've improved. Like, so he's right. clearly saying that your Jedi powers have gotten better since the last time I saw you. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, but it always makes you oh so sleepy. And it's almost kind of weird how he taunted him with the dark saber there. Like, yeah, it it was, and and I I, I do like the dark saber, but sometimes the graphics on it, like I think that was the only time that like I was really taken out, like like how it comes out or mm-hmm. how it looked at one point in the scene. I was like, it doesn't, like, it looks more CG than real. Right. And I, I, I don't want that. I want it to always have a little bit of realism. And I know Fav probably wants that too, but I don't think it always yeah. quite sells as the realness. I would imagine it's probably harder to do the uh, dark saber versus doing a lightsaber. Cause the lightsaber oh, yeah. is really just a solid color. Whereas in yeah. the dark saber actually has like a blade look to it, you know? Yeah. And, and then the absence of color and mm-hmm. you know, that idea, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit tricky, but you know, anyway, uh, I praise, I praise the graphics team and I, and I also am critical of them. So. Yeah. that's pretty, Yeah. Then, you know, basically radio in say we have our donor. So I'm sure we're going to get a mix in these last next two episodes of Prison Break slash, you know, what are they doing with Baby Yoda? Then maybe a training montage followed up by our final battle, uh, mm-hmm. maybe. Like now, do you think Gideon dies in this episode? This last, not this episode, but the last episode oh, season. Yeah, um, that's a good question um, because uh, I, I do kind of wonder, like, how how long we'll get Gideon. Um, I like that the show has been brazen enough to kill off Quill, kill the Razor Crest. Mm-hmm. I think the killing of the Razor Crest, and let me just take this moment because we're we're already kind of like pushing an hour to just throw in one one more commercial break. Let's just do it. That way Nick and I can talk a little bit about the impact of, of blowing up the Razor Crest because I thought about this um, and how we're so accustomed to the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like bulletproof. It's like Superman. Like you could throw everything at that thing and it would still live. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the one thing that I'm shocked that JJ Abrams didn't destroy. Um, <laughs> zing! Uh, yeah. Cause really when, when you see the razor crest, you're just like, it's a character in the show and we've lived in it. We've been a part of it. We've seen it through its, its, its worst times. And to see it just disintegrate in front of your eyes, you're like, what? You, yeah, you changed the rules. You know, like. Well, I just thought, you know, it's a good old marketing team. Huh? I got to sell new toys now to the kids. <laughs> new ship, new Legos. <laughs> if that was the case, don't you think that they would have like told Legos, like, stay? Hey, by the way, you should really like make a lot of slave ones. <laughs> well, they they put out like a. I think it three different slave ones for Lego in the last there, probably three years. Three there has years. been one recently too that was out. I think it was like 130. It was, it was fairly yeah. like. Well, you have the throwback. You have the throwback one. You have uh, the big one from the collector series, and then you also have a smaller one that came with the Bespin City set. So, uh, so you, huh. uh, yeah, you've had several ones. Well, um, 
my son's still getting the razor crest for Christmas. So nice. yeah. <laughs> difficult, difficult one to find right now. Like you, you can probably get it on Amazon, but Lego, it's all gone. So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think it was a, a couple of weeks ago. I was like, we, we need to get this order in pretty soon because uh, with the popularity of the show and uh, Legos. So, but uh, anyway, toy talk aside, um, I just felt that it was really shocking because of of like that it is a character. I think a lot of a lot of Star Wars fans, as well as like viewers of the show, we look at a ship and it's kind of like the home. Yeah. So when you see like a home like disappear, you're like, wait, what? Like he's it's the constant. It is. It is a constant. It is a constant. It's like it, it would be like in season two of, of Lost if they just moved the island and, and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Oh wait. Oh yeah, that was later. Yeah, but yeah, gotcha. But it, it melted it in front of your eyes with a volcano, maybe, um, which we never saw erupt. One. Um, one- yeah, go ahead. One last thing, because we didn't really quite we talked about it earlier in the episode, um, in this in this episode. Uh who the potential, if we do see another Jedi, okay, who, yes. Who could it be? Okay, uh, so let's let's go through this. We got Luke, we already talked about mm-hmm. um you and I are big fans of Ezra. If Ezra shows mm-hmm. up, we would be totally peachy keen happy. What about Mace Windu? That was gonna be my twist. That's the ultimate, mm-hmm. like, because you know that uh Samuel Jackson's still kicking around. He yep. would happily do it. He never turns oh, yeah. down a paycheck or a role. Uh, mm-hmm. Employed by Marvel and Disney. And Ben Disney, yeah. So, you know, he would do it. Um, I don't know how I would feel about it because it's like sometimes I just like let characters die. You know, like yeah. if everyone can come back, then like what's the point? Uh, I'm, I'm with you on there. The one thing and the one way that they could make it work and sell me because – a, I've never really enjoyed Mace Windu as a character. Yeah. Like, let's face it. He he is the dad that says no. Yeah. And well, he's, he's arrogant. Yeah. He's, he's arrogant. And then, yeah, I mean, there's 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 other problems with, with Mace Windu. So this would be interesting because Boba Fett has a vendetta against Mace Windu. Right. Oh, and that would that, that yeah. would be an interesting thing because if Mace Windu is the one that shows up to train Baby Yoda and Boba Fett's right there, all of a sudden you have this cocktail for an explosion like to happen. This is like, you know, that fire meat. So interesting. Yeah. yeah, right. Like on one hand, I am totally like Mace Windu is the least like the one that I. W- but then when you but bring in you the want it, yeah. But you bring in the Boba Fett, you're like, you know. Because, like, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, what if you had a few episodes there where really the Mandalorian and Boba are working together? Like, they're they're showing each other different tricks, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, Boba's really in, in giving all this jewels of wisdom and and training. And then, exactly, all of a sudden, Base Windu shows up. He's the Jedi who responds to the call. And like, you know, and and Mando's all happy about it. like, yes, a Jedi. And it's like, hold on, Mandalorian. Like, you know, like, and it's yeah. like. You know, and it's like, and all yeah. of a sudden he like hits him with the flamethrower or something, you know, like it, 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 it could go anywhere. You know, it could even be like the Yoko Ono, like he's breaking up the band <laughs> to the point where, you know, Mando doesn't know who to choose, you know, yeah. and uh, Bobo was just like, I'm going to go my way, you know, and we're now we're done. The relationship is done. Right, it's over. Right. You know? yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. If you go with this man, you're dead to me. Yeah. You know, like, because at this point, like, he's built up that respect and, you know, there's a little bit of, like, uh, you know, synergy going on. This. So so that is the one aspect of Mace Windu uh, showing up that I'm I'm actually excited about. Man, um, I, here I was, like, going to be like, oh, man, like, 
Quinlan Voss would be cool. Then I'm like, no, <laughs> never mind now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the other one that comes up is Kyle Katarn uh, because right. he would be the Jedi that would, would be associated with the Dark Troopers. The Yeah, you could make him. Yeah. Storyline specifically, right? Yeah, you'd have to make him canon again, which they've made the Dark Troopers canon. You could do him. I'm I'm just curious though how they would want to like Dark Troopers are one thing, you know, for people who are not, but this Jedi, that Jedi in particular, like people wouldn't know who they were. Same as like if you did uh, Quinlan Voss or Barreras Afi, like okay. if you brought the, if you brought those Jedi who really aren't in the movies, but mm-hmm. we could potentially still be alive. You're not, you know, I think all people be like, well, who are these people? Kind of like the people who don't know Ahsoka, but like who the heck is Ahsoka? You know. Well, so this is where you also kind of run into some issues with like uh, the video game characters. So right. Kyle, Kyle Tarn being one that was birthed in a video game, but also Cal, um, right. Cal in kiss tennis. I don't know. How to you said it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're just setting me up and see, and then that actor, you know, mm-hmm. actually they did the, the, the capture for him, you know, and he looks in the video game exactly how he looks in real life. So, you could easily bring that actor because Shameless, uh, which is the show he's been on for 11 seasons now, uh, is ending. It's already over. I mean, the, the last season's airing right now. You could easily bring him in right now and have him be the Jedi in a couple episodes because I'll take, I'll take uh, uh, Grogu. Yeah, um, it, it would be interesting because uh, I think I think who – I think if you go with a Jedi that's a little lesser known mm-hmm. – you can set up the storyline of Grogu training with this person and then not getting along as well. Right. Like that. Like I cannot train him. Like I you know, he's too this, he's too that, like, you know, mm. like, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, or maybe, I don't know. Um, cause, cause, cause Jedi by, by nature are somewhat pure, peaceful. They don't provide a lot of dynamic for your storyline. But if unless they come with baggage, and I think that's why we both were like, "Oh yeah, Mace Windu's got a lot of baggage." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you killed my father. Yeah, but you know, like setting up certain certain characters though that would would have that dynamic of like, okay, you know, what if what if you brought in and this is this is a wild wild card here because I haven't seen this name come up on on anything, but uh, Saboth from Heir to the Empire. Oh, okay. I that think would, that's that would that would be a a real deep reach. It would be a deep reach, but it would connect to Thrawn. Yeah, true, very true. And and the idea of clones. What if it's the librarian? She died. Oh, did she die? That's right. She did in the comic. That's right. Yeah, yeah. In a very cool way. So in a very cool it, way. Yeah. Still, you know, wanting to to read more about uh, uh, the Darth Vader comics. Uh, still, probably some of my my favorite um, that Marvel well, has done. Yeah. So, and her, her sequence and her storyline in the Darth Vader uh, story is really cool. So, um, Yaddle, Yaddle shows up. Yaddle, yeah. <laughs> She's already old pretty much then. Yeah. I don't know if it took a long time, but, you know, Yaddle's just like, oh, there you are. I can't where, even Where you been? That. Where you been? <laughs> you wandered off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, other than some of the ones that we we kind of mentioned there, I think those are some of the big ones that I've seen thrown around. Specifically, the the Cal, the Luke, the Ezra. I think those are like the top three three hits. 
Yeah, um, and then some people are talking about Force Ghosts, but I don't see that. You know, like what if it was you know Obi Wan's Force Ghost? What if it was Yoda? What if it was um? Yeah, uh, which we've never established a non-Force user seeing a Force Ghost, right? So that's a that's a that's a law in Star Wars that hasn't been broken. Only Force only Force sensitive people see them. So well, that's one of the things I always liked in Return of the No Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I like, because some people were, the rumors were going around that they wanted the ending of Rise of Skywalker to be like all the Force Ghost Jedi, you know, versus all the Sith. And I was like, I kind of don't like that. I was like, even though I think it'd be a cool shot, but I always respected what Obi-Wan said about how if you choose to face Vader, you'll do it alone. I cannot interfere. And it's something, you know, about the living versus the non-living. You know, it's like, like you can't, you can, you can, influence but you cannot directly you know st- uh, interfere with the path of human history or, or whatever you know like it's just you know. there's there's a i'm trying to remember if it's in the worlds between worlds episode and rebels i know it's in rebels somewhere um but yoda's explaining to like ezra about force ghosts i want to say like is it in that Maybe I don't. Know. I need to. Yeah. I I only watched it's, Rebels, you know, the one time through. I need to watch it again. But yeah, I mean, you know, you could always just jump in with season three and and work your way forward. <laughs> the very end of season two, if you want. I mean, there's some really cool stuff in season two uh, as well, but uh, it really starts to to I think gel in those last two seasons. But there's something that, that you know they're talking about. I think uh, a certain Jedi and the fact that it's almost kind of like they will appear as long as they are needed or, or they, they appear when, when it's their time or something like that. Almost kind of like, and it's not explained this way, but I, I think of it as ripples, you know, and a pebble, you know, like, like the life dies. It's a, it's a pebble that's dropped in water and the ripples extend out. They can extend out for a while, you know, mm-hmm. and even kind of grow deeper, even as they get further from that first moment, but they only last for so long and they only appear at certain times and places, you know. So, um, anyway, that's my my thought on the Force Ghost thing. I don't. I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's like a little bit goes a long way. Like you don't want you don't want too many Force Ghosts. Like it, it just. I don't know. Um, even even some of what the sequel trilogy did with Force Ghosts, I was like, you really really kind of pushing the boundaries of what I consider Force Ghosts to be able to do. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Uh, and you know, I had read actually. I think two days ago um, where Ryan was, was it? Ryan Johnson. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was thinking, is it Johnson? Is it the common name Johnson? Okay. Yeah. But Ryan, yeah, jo- yeah he actually considered actually bringing in Hayden Christensen instead of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad that they, they decided not to do that. Yeah. But, you know, we've also talked about how Ryan Johnson like tried to put everything he possibly could into one movie. Right. So, um, it's it's hard to fault him as an artist. I get it, but uh, as a Star Wars fan, sometimes sometimes you know a little bit of editing would have gone a long way. We yeah, go ahead. Well, like okay, one last like going to the Kenobi series, which uh, starts shooting pretty soon for everyone yeah. out there. Um, but not in Boston. That was a fake rumor. Was it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. So I know yeah. Chris will be crushed. Um, <laughs> do you think? And would you like to see them reenact the rebels scene? Oh, right, right. I okay. So, so 
you know, slight spoilers, I guess, for Rebels, um, but there's a duel between Maul and Kenobi that occur that occurs, and there's part of me that would love to see that, mm-hmm. because even if it's acted out live, it would be really powerful, and I would kind of, I would like, like it if it would explain or set up or finish that character's story. Like if it, if it continues Maul's story, if it explains Maul's story, if it sets up something else for Maul, if we see the boots walking in the desert, like picking up Maul, like, okay, you know, like then we know he's alive somewhere again, you know, whatever they want to do to like either. And as long as it connects seamlessly into the story that they're trying to tell with Kenobi, if they're, if they're going for a small shot, small window and they're saying like this is a window in Kenobi's life where he had to like go off world and and do this one thing or he had to stand up to like these invaders you know um and that timeline doesn't line up with when Ezra visits him Mm -hmm. then don't force it in there you know and I I think that's the bigger question is is how is that author or not author but yeah the writer and the director going to approach those those signposts you know like like is this is this kenobi through the years through the years or uh or is it just like like a moment you know uh like because you know they've talked about it being a mini series which gives me the idea or the impression that it's just like okay we're you know yeah, that's, that's what i'm curious about too is like is it going to be six episodes and then like mm-hmm. it, each episode let's say you know uh, 10 years before the battle of Yavin, you know, five years before the battle of Yavin, like, you know, like, yeah. w- you know, w- is it just going to skip, you know, time or is it just going to be like, this is a one month in the life of Ben Kenobi. Right. Know? My guess is that it's going to be a one month in the life of Kenobi. It's going to be a storyline because I think there's a part of them that they're like, well, if this is successful, oh, right. <laughs> by the way, like, why wouldn't it be successful? Like, but okay, if they're still testing the waters and they're saying like, okay, we're going to do this one mini mini series story about Kenobi and his life in this time period, and it is successful, then we could always come back in a couple of years and do another Kenobi story. You know, it's crazy to me to think that it's been 15 years since uh, Ewan McGregor has been in that role. Yeah. You know, and like to me, it's still feels like it was yesterday you know mm-hmm. but i'm like wow it's been 15 years <laughs> like oh, yeah no uh, yeah i mean it would be great if they also are able to pull in hayden christensen on some some level you know um i don't know exactly how or why we would see his face mm-hmm. because like that to me is the only reason why you'd have hayden christensen is if we're seeing his face otherwise it's vader um, yeah, I mean, I can't see Hayden Christian being in the Obi Wan series. But, right, right. That's what I mean. Like, unless yeah. it's like a flashback that you know they're yeah. they've or, both aged so much. That, yeah, or just audio. You know, yeah. like him thinking back. Yeah, you know, like or you know, but yeah, or like looking at a hologram or something like that. Like, I, I can't I can't imagine like him being a, a big part of that. I I would like to know. I mean, and again, we talked about like the timeline of Kenobi, like if they do bring in Maul at all, let's say it's even before this duel, mm-hmm. you know, if they bring in the Maul storyline, I would like to just see it continue or flesh out more of what was happening with the whole red, um, the, what was it? What was their, their 
what was his syndicate that he called himself? The well, Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought it was Red Dawn, but Crimson, I was like, Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn, that's what it is. I'm getting Dawn of the Jedi, Crimson Dawn, Red <laughs> Dawn, Red Tide, all, all mixed together. Wolverines. <laughs> well, before we get on too too long, because I you know, you and I we could we could go probably another like forty minutes just talking Star Wars. Like this is our jam. And, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> we don't we don't have anybody else to, to stop us. Oh. Um, for anybody that's 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 keeping keeping track uh, of the IMDB numbers that I mention each week on this show, the tragedy rate ranked in at nine point four. Um, which slightly under the Jedi at 9.6. So back to back solid top tier episodes. Um, and, um, and this season I feel like has improved on all things that we complained about from season one. Like, Absolutely. I, I just feel, I feel so like, it's so awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm like, can we just keep this bicycle going? Like, I don't care how many seasons I know you're more of like less seasons is, is, is more, yeah. I'm fine about that. I don't want it to go on too long, but I, I just uh, think you know any show shouldn't last longer than six seasons. Period. You know, no. I think you know you need to have a, a story from the time you write your very first script of like where you want to take this character, and then that's be it. And I think the Mandalorian is just that kind of very standalone, you know, one kind of story because like you're gonna you should run into the dangers of that of like oh does it become all of a sudden the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett show or does it become you know. Uh, all these side things that you know, and you get away from the whole point is that it's about the Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I mean, I think as as long as we're we're kind of just like winding through all of these other other people and instances and planets, you know, that um, you know it, it should stay strong. I'm I'm looking for that moment where you know the Mandalorian is basically like injured, incapacitated, like he's knocked out. His body's land there. Mm-hmm. Grogu is the only person left, right? And summons some some kind of thing, whether it's you know, and and basically defends his dad. You know, like <coughs> I, I want to see him levitating the the black, <laughs> the dark saber. You know, with his mind and slicing through like troops. You reminded me of a. Uh, I'll give Ralph props for this one. Um, but I, I beat him to it as soon as he started to say it. I knew exactly what he was thinking. Uh, it's the only thing from the other podcast that, I, that I've talked about on this one is that the two things we saw Mando pick up were the spear mm-hmm. and the gear shifter ball. Yeah. And you just talking about that could happen as well. You could see Baby Yoda totally heal Mando you know, mm-hmm. in the last episode. But to a darker twist... What if Mando's laying there on the ground, uh, but he's not like stabbed or not wounded or anything, mm-hmm. and Baby Yoda sees the ball in his belt and then force pulls the ball through Moff Gideon's body <laughs> you know, <laughs> into his hand? Like, I know that would be really freaking dark. But yeah, it would be cool too at the same time. Like, you wouldn't have to actually show the ball like go through him. You know, like, yeah. you'd just see him go. <gasps> you know, like. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, like you see him drop and the baby O's got like a bloody steel ball. And, you know, like, oh my gosh. Like, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a way that they can make this happen. So stay tuned season, season three. So um, I do think season three, like 
they have to be they have to be like uh casting for Thrawn at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would uh, not expect Thrawn to show up in this this season. But oh no, no, no. Three though. I think season three. Yeah, we might see him in season three. I, I feel. I, think, like, I feel. Yeah. yeah, I feel though the same way. Like if they if they need to have their ducks in a row though. Like so, what spinoffs are they going to do? Mm. What movies are they going to do? If they are going to do an Ahsoka Tano movie, then yeah. you need to automatically already have you know that person cast for po- a possible few cameos in the Mandalorian as well mm. as cast for the movie. So they I mean they need to have everything lined up so you can have the same actors. Yeah. You know. I guess that's why I've been kind of like let's just cast the Luke and Leia and Han like for this, you know, and I mean, if, if they want to use uh, the actor that played Han Solo, um, I'm blanking on his name uh, and Solo, you know, mm-hmm. and just uh, age makeup or whatever, you know, him, I mean, it's never going to look like Harrison Ford, but we have to, you know, hell we've, we've had to recast all of these characters and lots of different things from cartoons to, you know, um, like from different generations of movies. I mean, so I mean, it's just so hard to do. I mean, I know actors, mm-hmm. you know, it is an art form, but to find three people age appropriate who could actually do Leia, Luke and Han. Oh, I know. It would be so hard. And can you imagine recasting Billy D. Williams? Billy D. Williams? Nobody can do be Billy D. Williams. No one's that smooth. No one can do that. <laughs> so, actually, they already did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah so, they did. Like, that was I, a good casting. Love, and he did a very good job. That's yeah. true. I forget. I don't know why I'm forgetting that. Yeah, he did. Donald Glover did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, stay tuned because 30 years from now they're going to remake a New Hope. Empire Strikes no. Back. Like, all new cast. They're going to add like specials and stuff. And I mean, our entire generation will have to be dead. Nor if that happened because the riots would just be like, you can't remake those movies. Um. All right. Before uh, we we head into an even longer episode, and I got to throw in more commercial breaks, uh, we're <laughs> going to go ahead and end this now. Um, thank you for joining us this long. Um, if you have any feedback, please send it to the forces well done at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. Uh, we'll be back next week for the next Mandalorian episode. Of course, there are certain patrons that make this show possible. You can go over to jandjack.com. Uh, and click on the patron link there. Help help this show out. Um, and uh, some patrons that make this show possible. Uh, always Star Wars themed. I try to make it related to this episode, of course. We have Tech from Tython, Eckhart Richter's Razor Explosion, Ed atop the Seeing Stone, Meditation Maggie, Django Joanne, and Gaffy Stick Greg. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, I feel like those were better than what I do on the RCAD. If you enjoy Nick and I, <laughs> you got a, you got a G. So you know. I know, right? There's not many G G Star Wars names in there. So, um, but anyway, thanks thanks for joining us. This was a great show, right? It's a good show. Yeah, one in a million. <laughs>